can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. In a land where tiny black plaster pimples invade the surface of your swimming pool, I am here with my co-host, Miss Andrea Nanini. Hello. Hi, Rudy. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. Mm -hmm. We have one heck of a show lined up. We're going to be talking with you guys today about the scourge of existence for people who take care of pools, the scourge of existence for people who own pools, black death, plaster pimples, the black plague. Pool herpes, the only solution, fill the pool in with dirt, sell the house, and move to the other side of the country. Oh, I thought you were going to say leaks until you said the pool herpes thing. No, not leaks. I am talking about black algae, perhaps one of the most misunderstood things that happens in a swimming pool. Oh, my and, God. And folks say you can't get rid of it. Once you got it, that's it. It's going to come back again. Can like I... I said, pool herpes, right? What? <laughs> Can you what? Spit it out. What's going on? What's in your mind? What do you got going I, on? Let me just tell you that. Um, so I have black algae in a few of my commercial pools. Oh, so this one particular one had it when I took over the pool. And right immediately when I took over, we did a black algae treatment. We used trichlor and we broadcast it. Now, it wasn't like really bad. It was all over the pool. Um, so we took the we did the trichlor. We broadcast the granular trichlor all over the place. We jacked up the chlorine to however a million or whatever. A million. It goes away, right? Looks okay. great. A couple right. months later, it starts popping back up. It happens all the time. So I see it and I report it to, you know, my superiors. I report it to the office, you know, all the everybody. The the HOA board lady, Mrs. Um, boss Karen, like, you know how there's several levels of Karens. This one is mega, mega Karen. Karen Supreme. They fired us. Okay. So, so it wasn't the one from the last time. Last month. Last month they fired you? That was quick. We only just spoke about this, right? The one that was leaking on uh, seventy thousand gallons. It's it's happened at all of my pools. So they, the one that <laughs> the one that drained was two weeks ago. Yeah, that's a different that's a different pool. Oh, okay. So all of your pools are leaking. Mega Karen. So the homeowners or not the homeowners because they're it's a it's, it's a whatever the residents. Okay, they start they're swimming around in the pool. They got their goggles on. These old ass people that still argue with me about the heater and the pumps being on and blah blah blah. They're starting to see the algae because they're in the water. This lady comes up to me and says that she talked to her doctor about it. And her doctor said that the black mold in the pool is very unhealthy and blah, blah, blah. And she starts going on and starts telling me all about the black mold. I'm like, ma'am, that's black algae. It is not black mold. It's not the same thing. Your doctor is talking about black mold because that's what you told him it was. Black algae is completely different. 
Well, it's completely different from black mold that you get in the house. That's true. But is black algae in a swimming pool healthy? Mm -hmm. Is that a sign of a healthy pool? And here's the other thing. You said that it pops back up again. And this is a common misconception because did you ever think to yourself that maybe, just maybe, that you did successfully kill the black algae that you had in the pool and now this is a new black algae problem that you're dealing with? Not the same. Just the pool that you have may happen to be prone to black algae because of either its location, inferior circulation in the water, pool wasn't built correctly. Did you ever think that? Um, no, it never had occurred to me. I don't know why. Now I feel, thanks for making me feel stupid. Well, that wasn't the goal. That makes, <laughs> no, but that does make sense because then it's actually a better perspective because then it, instead of like a losing battle, it's like, well. The pool's a losing paddle. I'm not the loser. Well, kind of, sort of. I mean, you're, you still have to deal with it. But you know what? This is not always the pool tech's fault when black algae reoccurs. Again, like I said, if it's gone for more than a week or two, you killed it. It's gone. You've done your job. But... Because you didn't get it all out for whatever That's reason. a possibility. Maybe you missed some. Months, yeah. But if it goes on, like you said, weeks or months... Even if you, even if you didn't get all of it out... Like, what if you missed, like, one little spot that was behind a ladder or something? No, there's there's no gray area. It's black and white. You either killed it or you didn't kill it. If you didn't kill it all, then you didn't kill it. If you killed it all, then you killed it. Aha. So it doesn't actually embed in the plaster is what you're saying. No, it doesn't. And that's the myth. That's part of the battle is we think that it's embedded in the plaster. It's not. Mm. The way black algae attaches to a <laughs> wall, it's kind of... If you're familiar with, like, Nickelodeon slime... I had the shit out of it. I used to love that stuff. Can you imagine pouring that onto an English muffin with all those nooks and crannies and things along those Ew. lines in it? You know what's funny is I've actually had it in a skimmer basket before. Uh, English muffins? No, Nickelodeon slime. Why would you have Nickelodeon slime in a skimmer basket? Yeah, the skimmer basket, it oozed all through the basket holes. It's just, It's just oozing. Right. It's just oozing. That's the whole thing. So it's actually these exopolysaccharidic secretions that enable black algae to adhere to surfaces. And the more porous a surface is, folks want to say that it has roots because it actually fills those pores. Again, like I said, if you poured the slime over an English muffin or your example through the skimmer basket where it kind of just leaches itself through those holes or even if you pictured porous cement. And I use an English muffin as an example because if you think of a poorly plastered pool, not poorly plastered, but a pool that needs to be replastered, the surface tends to get all those nooks and crannies like an English muffin. So that gives you hundreds, if not thousands of dead spots in circulation where this black algae can get a foothold, start to colonize the pool from there. Because in a dead spot, we know that you're not getting that same chemical treatment or water circulation. Yeah, or the transitions. Right. It could be in the transitions in the pool. It could be in the corners of the step areas. Think of places where we might have poor circulation. And if you think of the pools that you have where you have this reoccurring black algae, most likely it starts in those areas. And then if you have a dirty filter or, or, or a bad filter or something, then you're just adding to the problem. Well, absolutely. I mean, our keys are circulation 
chemistry, filtration, right? Just like with anything. But let's assume that the pool tech or the pool owner is doing everything that they're supposed to do. And this stuff just keeps coming back. It could be their fault, but it might not be their fault. If you're doing everything you can chemically and treating this pool correctly and brushing and running the filter and the filter's clean and it just keeps reoccurring, there's something wrong with the pool. That sounds gross. It does sound gross. And then you turn into Joe Dirt. I got the pool on me. And now it comes out. Andrea and Nanini, huge crush on David Spade from Joe Dirt. <laughs> I was going to ask you a question. I am about to sneeze and I forgot the question. Um, we'll get that sneeze out. We can't have your head exploding in the middle of a podcast here. F- <laughs> it was f- the how to get rid of swimming pool algae handbook written by pool water chemistry expert Rudy Stankowitz will be the most comprehensive guide on algae prevention and remediation you will ever own. Algae is the single most encountered swimming pool problem noted worldwide, but it doesn't have to be a problem for you. Purchase your copy of the how to get rid of swimming pool algae handbook on Amazon today. You know that I've done quite a bit of research on black algae, and the reason for this was simple. There was none available. I was wanting to put something together for my students on the topic of black algae. I searched high and low. I searched the internet. I searched through a bunch of different things. I called a lot of people I know in the pool industry. I spoke with scientists in the pool industry. I had a lot of people searching for information on swimming pool black algae, and there was absolutely nothing. I remembered what I was going to ask. There was absolutely nothing out there published. Can you transfer it? Like with your equipment, with your pool equipment, like with your riptide bag, can you, if I, if I vacuum one pool with black algae, can I transfer it to another pool if I don't? Probably. You probably can't. No, I would say that you could. If you go from pool to pool and everything is still wet, then you could easily transfer black algae. Uh, The same with any other type. You have to consider how this stuff actually moves about the body of water that it's in. This is how black algae, or we know now cyanobacteria, this is how it spreads. You have the colonies, and then occasionally it just shoots out spores and lets them drift in the water until they find a suitable place that it can begin, where it can take a foothold and begin a new colony. This is something I was actually lucky enough to have a chance to witness on one of the pools that I was doing some research on it 14 years of confirmed black algae growth colonies as large as the size of a tabletop but it was shooting out these spores so swimming through the water with the goggles i actually got to see this occur so with that in mind if you do have spores that it has that has come from these colonies on your net, on your brush, and you go to a new pool, yes, you could release them in the water. And then under the correct circumstances, it could then take a foothold there and also colonize. And it doesn't, and it doesn't come from phosphates. No, but it does require phosphates in order to grow just like any other type of algae. That's not. That whole thing about swimming in the ocean and then swimming in your pool is about as factual as Bigfoot, the Easter Bunny, or the New Jersey Devil. It's just pure poppycock. I see. Okay. 
because the reality of it is, is you can't... If it's still wet? Well, even if it's still wet, your bathing suit, right? From the ocean to a pool. Salt water things don't grow well in fresh water. What if it's still wet the next day because you didn't empty out your bag? <laughs> You're talking about with your riptide? Well, yeah, of course. If it's still wet, then yeah, the probability is high. But that whole transfer from the ocean to a swimming pool with your bathing suit, it just there. doesn't make a lot of sense just simply because... Things that grow in salt water do not fare very well in fresh water and vice versa. So freshwater stuff, fresh water. And I mean, if you swam in a lake gotcha, okay. or a river or something along those lines, yeah, then the chances are much, much higher. But you're not going to grow ocean bacteria or algae in your pool from having swum, swamp, swam in a lake. Or excuse me, swum, swam in an ocean, a lake maybe. But yeah, if your pool equipment's wet, I mean, just look at it responsibly. Even if after you treat a fecal incident, you're right, you sanitize your equipment. So if you treat a pool that has black algae in it before you move to the next, why not sanitize that equipment? Why take the chance that you could contaminate the next pool on your route? You did your own research. I did. And you know this, right? So I couldn't find anything. So... I decided that I would take this on myself. How hard could it be, right? <laughs> so I reached out to a bunch of my students mm -hmm. and asked if anybody had a pool with black algae in it. And I immediately found out that nobody wanted to tell me if they had black algae in a swimming pool because I guess because I taught their class, maybe... I don't know. They looked, it was a little bit embarrassing, but you know, it's nothing to be embarrassed of because like I said, it might not be your fault. So I did have somebody local tell me, local luckily here in Gainesville, tell me that they had a pool with black algae in it, score. Nice. So I took some small vials and some Lugol solution and I went to the pool and collected my samples. And I can tell you it's really, really hard to get black algae into a glass vial, right, in these little vials. So I took them then to the University of Florida, the phycology department. My friend over there, Dr. Ed Flips, he's actually one of the leading phycologists in the country. And we got them underneath a microscope to take a look at what we had. And what we found was is there was no black algae in my black algae. Say what now? Oh, it's true. What we actually had in the sample that I brought in was three different genus of cyanobacteria, two of them, which are known to be toxin producing, one of them, which is nitrogen fixing, which was super cool because if something is nitrogen fixing, that means that it can take atmospheric nitrogen and convert it into something that it needs, in this case, uh, ammonia through ammoniafying nitrogen and ultimately into nitrates, which we know fuels algae, algae food. So it's like its own little self-sustaining factor. To a point. Yeah, absolutely. Because nitrates are one of the things that algae needs to grow. But like I said, we just found out this stuff is not algae. There was no algae in the sample. Does it eat the algae? Well, no. Does it eat the algae or is it just kind of it's not Is an algae like a like a like a one of those shit suckers where it kind of hangs out with the and uses you know that you know the birds that fly around and eat the bugs off of the cows is it like that or maybe like the those fish right that swim around with the sharks uh remors i think that's what they're called right and they they live on the scraps that type of thing oh well that too yeah absolutely nothing like that at all no cyanobacteria are actually photosynthetic just like algae so they take sunlight and they make food out of that through photosynthesis. That's part of the confusion in people thinking that it was a algae. 
This is cyanobacteria is actually a true bacteria, right? It's a bacteria, except it's kind of like at a midpoint. Bacteria that uses chlorophyll performs photosynthesis to feed itself. So just like a plant, it does have chloroplasts. It does produce chlorophyll and it does perform photosynthesis. So it's kind of like an in-between. So like at a midpoint of evolution, which is really kind of cool. Cyanobacteria is actually cited as being the initial source of oxygen on this planet. So it's been around for a long, long time. That's part of the reason why it's hard to kill. It's evolved and it's constantly evolving. But back to what I was saying, we found two types that were toxin producing. Unfortunately, because the samples I collected, I preserved in the Lugol solution, we were unable to test those to see if they were actually secreting any toxins into the water. How would you, how would you test that? How would you find that out? Because you said you put it in the solution, so would that stop the... Oh, yeah. It, it stopped everything. It, I killed it. I killed it gotcha. dead. So it was done. It was deceased. It existed no more. It was gone. So I had to go back to the drawing board. I had to find myself some new black algae samples so I could mm -hmm. rerun my test, again, ensure it was cyanobacteria again, and then perform the toxins test with a ELSA test. So I reached out once again. Mm -hmm. I had another student come forward and say, hey, you know what? I have black algae in this pool. It's my friend uh, Lisa up in Jacksonville. It was a pool that she had just taken on. So cool. it didn't occur on her watch, but she had to solve it. So we went up there. We took samples, assuming that it, again, is going to be cyanobacteria because I don't have all the money in the world to have this tested everywhere. I took it directly to Cyanolabs in Palatka. They are the leading cyanobacteria research center in the country. Ooh. We brought the samples down there under a microscope once again, and again, my black algae was cyanobacteria, but an entirely different genus than the three I'd found in Gainesville. Unfortunately, it was not a cyanobacteria that was known to produce any toxins, so it didn't make sense to go forward with any of the testing and spend the money because it would be a waste of time, hmm. so although we did find something interesting because it was a fourth genus entirely different from the three I found in my initial sample. Nice. Yeah. So we're starting to prove here that geographic location plays a role in what type of cyanobacteria you get in black algae. So black algae is always cyanobacteria, but we're starting to see that the constituents that make up that black algae, that black algae biofilm, which is from the exopolysaccharidic secretions. Absolutely, but what does that mean? It means that when you go from one pool to the next, the black algae you have in one pool will not be the same as the next pool. So the treatment that works in one place might not work as well as the treatment that you use in another. Because even though you're treating black algae in both pools, you're likely not treating the same type of black algae. Okay, I see. Holy crap, did you hear the news? The Talking Pools podcast now has a regular column in Pool Magazine. It is the hottest new trade mag in the industry. The edgy morning radio show style podcast with Rudy and Andrea is now on the pages of the magazine known for keeping a finger on the pulse of the pool industry. Yes, both print and digital. Download the PoolMagazine.com app on Google Play, today. What are you waiting for? Do it now!
That protein mosaic sheath that black algae forms to protect itself also helps to adhere to the wall. Those exopolysaccharidic secretions, that's what oozes into the nooks and crannies, but they are not roots. That thing, Mm. that's what I'm talking about here, which is the reason why when you treat a pool with black algae, you have to brush so frequently to get rid of that. So anyway, back to the drawing boards. I need to get another sample. So I reach out once again, find another pool. This one also located in Gainesville, where I live. Again, score makes it nice and easy. So I go over to this pool, I dive in, I take my samples, and again, bring them to the uh, bring them to cyano labs down in Palatka for analysis. We get them under a microscope, and this time I only have two genus of cyanobacteria, one genus that we found in the pool in Jacksonville, and then one that I had found in my original sample. In sanitized water at that? Yes, in sanitized water. And that was part of the problem, though, because now, yes, I do have a genus that is known to produce cyanotoxins. Unfortunately, the pool professional that had this pool maintained the chlorine level so high that if it was secreting any toxins, they would be oxidized immediately and not show up on any of my tests. So we had to take a different route. Is this the same cyanobacteria that uh, we deal with in South Florida that infects the whole Okeechobee waterway system and uh, turns all of our canals and the beaches blue green yucky toxicness and oh my god it smells so absolutely this is the same cyanobacteria that's affecting the waters in the okeechobee but not the stuff that causes the red tide that's copepods copepods no i know the red tide is different the red tide is on the east coast i mean the west coast west coast um they get that over there we don't so much get that a lot over here but they also have to deal with the um with the toxic algae issues as well. Um, Cause there's a river uh, that pretty much goes either way to either coast. And we both have, we all have to deal with the same issue. I think they just don't call it the same thing over here, but so it is the same thing. It's the same, it's the same bacteria that you get in a pool that, Oh my God, that's so weird. It is right. Follow our podcast. Give us a bunch of stars. And tune in next week for part two of our two-part discussion on swimming pool black algae. Don't miss the conclusion where Rudy shares whether or not his black algae specimens were toxic. Also, how to kill black algae and keep it from coming back again. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 